Hi, and welcome to Straight Shot Radio. My name is Johnny Slick, and I'm the owner and head coach at Straight Shot Training. This is part two in our three-part series on the three main macronutrients, protein, fat, and carbohydrates. Fat seems to ride this roller coaster of heroism and villainy every other decade. Sometimes it's the worst thing you can put into your body and it's guaranteed to clog your arteries, and the next thing you know it, dietary fat is our best friend and people can't get enough of it. In this episode, we give you the rundown of exactly what fat is, what it does, where it fits into your diet, why different people need different amounts, and how to figure out how much fat is right for you. Plus, plenty of fat myth-busting along the way, and a whole lot of science from Coach Rebecca. Hey everybody, we're back with Rebecca Reefsnyder. Last time we were with her was last episode where we talked about protein. Today we're talking about fat or lipids. I prefer to use lipids because when you say fat, people think it makes them fat and we're going to get into why that's not true um, or why sometimes it is true. Uh, We're going to talk about what fat is, uh, what are the requirements of it, what our recommendations or registered dietitians recommendations are for fat intake. Uh, and then talk about some uh, misconceptions about fat along the way. The same breakdown that we did with protein, but with lipids this time. So, welcome, Rebecca. Thank Sorry, you. Sorry, I forgot to thank you last episode. You ran out to do your session. Oh. So I had to thank you in my wrap-up of the show. <laughs> um, so I'll thank you now in case you need to run out for joining us. So why don't you tell us uh, about the structure of fat? And um, we mentioned this last episode. Rebecca does have a degree in nutrition, so she'll give us the nerdy version <laughs> of what fat is. So why don't you break down what fat is from, from this chemistry standpoint? Okay, so fat is, um, you have a glycerol molecule, which is kind of like the glue that holds everything together. So you have that at one end, and then off of that you have three tails of fatty acids that come off of that. Um, and those fatty acids are basically a string of diff- of carbon molecules that are held together with bonds. Um, so that's, the, that's what fat is? That's what fat is. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's really dying to hear what that was. <laughs> so with its, with, that's the structure of it. Let's talk about di- digestion, how your body uh, first just breaks down. We'll talk about how it uses uh, those fatty acids, but just from a breakdown standpoint, we said before with protein that starts in the mouth, right? Obviously, with mechanical breakdown of the food. Uh, is there any enzyme in your mouth that breaks down any fat? No. no not so, where's really. the first enzyme that actually starts breaking down fat? It doesn't actually get until the small intestine. Um, so you have your bile and your gallbladder that will be released into the small intestine that helps kind of emulsify the fats, kind of open them up a little bit, and then your pancreas will create an enzyme or secrete an enzyme called lipase, which will then actually start to break down the fat. Okay. And this process takes considerably longer yes. than other macronutrients. So right. I mean, what is, I know different fats take, have different breakdowns, but it's definitely longer than, much longer than carbs, but longer mm-hmm. than protein. So what, it, right. hours-wise, break, breaking down a, a high-fat meal? Oh, I don't know for sure. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's I, a lot of hours. Yeah. And does, and fat, does it slow down gastric emptying? So that, does it Yes. Slow, okay. Mm-hmm. And, well, can you explain what slowing down gastric <laughs> emptying is? It's kind of a leading <laughs> question. question. So fat is... It helps you stay fuller longer. Um, part of that is because it doesn't mix well with water, so in your stomach it tends to kind of float to the top, so it gives you that feeling of fullness longer because it stays towards the top okay. of your stomach. Um, and then because the fat is so kind of greasy and oily, it doesn't uh, it slows up the absorption process um, of anything in your stomach and in your intestines, so it just makes the 
flowing process through yeah. your um, intestines a lot slower because your body's trying to glean everything out of the food that you're eating yes. as it can. But also, it's, so some of it is not being absorbed throughout right. the intestine and is actually important in passing through, eliminating food yes. correctly, which is why people who are on low-fat diets might have issues with using the bathroom because right. fat is so important in, yeah. in peristalsis, move, moving yes. food through your system. So yeah, um, I think it's another thing along with it is that, that some of it isn't absorbed. Right, um, exactly. And that, but it serves a different purpose by not yeah. being absorbed. So how does your body use the fat, though, that is being absorbed in the small intestine and going down from there? Um, so it'll break it down for energy. Um, that's probably the main thing that it's used for. So your body wants to burn carbs first, kind of like we talked about last time with the protein. Um, but then it will, especially when your body's at rest or your heart rate's at a lower level, it'll then switch from burning carbs to burning fat. So you'll break up um, those fatty acid chains and then that breakup will then be used um, that process enters into what's called the electron transport, transport chain, chain and then you'll glean ATP out of that. Out of that, the old yeah. ETC. Yes. We, we abbreviate everything to make it shorter in the bathroom <laughs> class. Um, yeah, so so fat as fuel, you and I are running primarily on fat right now. Right. And the way that, that we measure this is something called the respiratory quotient. Do mm -hmm. you guys ever do much with that in your... We didn't have the equipment necessary to do a whole lot in college. Okay, I wasn't sure. Yeah, I mean, we, knew, we had the scale... Right. I mean, just we knew where things typically fell on yes. our cube, but we didn't have any way of measuring it. Right. But I'm not sure if you did. Mm -hmm. uh, for the respiratory quotient, is the way that we can collect the carbon dioxide being exhaled out mm -hmm. of you and the oxygen going in, and we can tell whether you're burning fat or carbohydrates as a fuel source. Because when you burn fat as a fuel source, you it has to be uh, there has to be oxygen present to burn fat as a fuel source because the ETC, the electron transport chain, is part of the aerobic. Right. cycle of turning uh, macronutrients into usable energy or ATP. Right. You can do it without oxygen uh, with carbohydrates mm -hmm. in uh, the ATP PC system or um, using anaerobic glycolysis, but right. um, we're probably getting way too nerdy. <laughs> anyway, what, what I'm trying to say is that uh, when you are at rest, at rest, your respiratory quotient will show that you're burning almost all fat right. as a fuel source. Whereas when you get at to a, the opposite end of the spectrum, an all-out sprint, your RQ will show that you're burning like 100% carbohydrates for that. Mm -hmm. Most activities are going to fall somewhere in between there, right? Right. So why don't you give us like what would be an example of something be uh, like middle middle to high range on an RQ scale? Well, the highest range would be you know sitting down, sleeping, all of those kinds of yeah. things. Then, as your heart rate starts to elevate a little bit, like um, walking or stretching or something like that, you would still be more in that fat burning range. And then, as you're you start to be breathing heavier, um, then you kind of switch over, and it's more of the carb burning cycle. Yeah. So, way. so there are so in between because what is goes what is goes from point point seven to one. I think so, yeah. Okay, yeah. So yeah. one will be all fat, 0.7 is all Six carbs. Percent. So yeah, so in between there, like 0.85, this would be whenever your heart rate's slightly elevated, you might be doing uh, an elliptical at a faster pace or a jog right. or something. Your body's burning a mixture of carbs and fat. Mm -hmm. So the, the reason why I bring this up is there's this misconception of the fat burning zone <laughs> that I want to get out of the way because yeah. it's, 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 I mean, it's, it's a thing that's been around for a long time and people are still confused about it. Right. The fat burning zone of like 60 to 70% of your heart rate max on the elliptical right. is a lower, um, uh, or sorry, higher on the respiratory quotient scale. So we can say, well, if your heart rate's lower on this scale, you're going to be burning more fat. So this is the fat burning zone. 
And if you go higher than this, you're not going to be burning body fat. You're just going to be burning carbs, and you're not going to be losing any weight doing this. <laughs> so, how can you uh, educate me, Rebecca, to why this isn't why this is not correct? Again, when you're thinking about weight on your body, so the adipose tissue, it comes down to calories in and calories out. It doesn't matter where those calories come from, whether it's from carbs or whether it's from fat. So, if your body is burning carbohydrates at that point of your exercise as long as at the end of the the end of the day everything's going to even itself out so if you yeah. burn a lot of carbs then your body's going to absorb carbohydrates in order to replenish your stores or it can take fat from your body and chemically alter it to make it into um, glucose yeah so your body can then store it as glycogen in glycogen. Your yeah. So then you're taking your fat that was stored and turning it into carbohydrate to replenish your stores as opposed to just directly burning fat. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> you don't have to burn fat directly in order to lose weight. Your body's going to even everything out, yeah. whether you're burning carbohydrates or burning protein or burning fat, because you're always going to be burning a little a bit of everything. Of yeah. Um, the way I always like to explain to my clients is if you're going to get an elliptical and you had 20 minutes on it, and in 20 minutes you stayed at a low heart rate that was the fat burning zone, and even though you burned 80% of your calories came from fat, you still only burned 200 calories in 20 minutes. Whereas you did 20 minutes of a minute really fast, minute slow, where your heart rate would get up into like the 85% range on the sprints. And in those intervals, you end up burning 600 calories instead right. of 200. Well, now you've created a 400 calorie uh, deficit higher with the uh, interval method, right. even though you weren't anywhere near the fat burning zone. Yes. And at the end of the day, you either end up with 200 calories that you burned or 600 calories that you burned. At the end of the week, you're going to end up losing more weight if you're burning more calories. Right, exactly. So that's why the the whole fat burning zone on these treadmills, we should just tear that sticker off all of them. Yes. Because it's really it's really confusing. Um, and and it is. I mean, there's a lot of science behind it. That's why it's right. confusing. That's why hopefully you all have been paying attention for the past five minutes <laughs> when talking about this because it is confusing. Um, but it's something that that definitely is a myth. Yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, fat being stored and then turned back into usable energy. So let's talk about storage as fat for a second. Yeah. People think that because they eat fat, I say people think, I'm just saying a lot of misconceptions. Right. Um, a lot of people think that when you eat fat, that you store fat. Right. Okay, so <laughs> it's obviously easier for your body to store fat quicker because with carbohydrates, it does have to con do some conversion right. to convert it to adipose tissue. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, why is it not true that if you eat fat, you store it? Um. Because if your body needs energy to burn, you're going to burn fat. So when you're at rest, your body wants to burn fat because it's the easiest, one of the easiest uh, methods for it to do that. So when, you know, most of our day we're either sitting or walking or standing or doing something slow, so our body wants to have fat readily available in order to burn. So that's what you're going to do with it first is you're going to burn it. And yeah. then if you have extra, then yes, it will store it, but that stored fat also has very important responsibilities in your body yeah. it helps you stay warm it helps protect your organs from um, injury it you know provides a storage site for other things like vitamins and minerals and yeah, things so, that your yeah, body needs so say, even yeah. though you are storing some of the fat that's not necessarily a bad thing as yes. long as it's not out of control yes yeah, so pe people who have too low of body fat tend to have issues with vitamin a d e and k which are mm -hmm. fat soluble vitamins meaning 
they, they kind of live in fat. It's, right. That's, that's, uh, they're not like water-soluble vitamins like vitamin uh, C and, and all the B vitamins. So that's why we have these on these body fat scales. We'll, we'll say men have essential body fat of somewhere between like four and six. Mm-hmm. And uh, women's essential, what is it? Is it eight, eight, eight to ten or nine to... Is that high? Eight, eight, yeah, eight. And I think athletes like down 12 and 14. Yes, like yeah, that. yeah. So we have essential, and then we have athlete, and then we have health, health. range, and then we have overweight, and then mm-hmm. there's obese. So you can still be very healthy. Like a woman with body fat percentage of 23, 24% is still, still very healthy. Mm-hmm. And you think, they think, oh, well, a quarter of me is fat. Well, Yes, it's adipose tissue, but I, right. you're not you're not fat. Yes. Um, same thing with, with guys. You, the guys could, should be somewhere between ten and twenty, unless you're an, an athlete, you could be lower. So a guy with eighteen percent body fat, you know, is, is still right. decently healthy. Mm-hmm. So so a lot of that is just um, people have certain goals, right. appearance goals, things like that. But understand that you you do need body fat. It's important that your body stores it, and that's it's actually used for long term energy in starvation situations. Right. That's uh, we haven't always had access to food whenever we want it, yes. and uh, a lot of people live in areas where they don't have quick access to food, and which is why our bodies store fat so well, so they can use them whenever we run out of fuel, run out of snacks. Yes. <laughs> All right. So I uh, talked about storage, talked about utilization. Let's get into the fats that your body needs. So okay. we, we talked about the essential amino acids. Mm-hmm. There are also essential fatty acids. Yes. So um, the ones that people are, are familiar with are the omega-3, omega-6, and omega-9. Some people, I mean, they're so concerned about O3 and O6, but there's also right. omega-9 fatty acids. Yes. So uh, what do, what do those, where do those terms come from? Terms? Yeah. <laughs> what is an omega-3 fatty acid? Yes. So it's um, basically it comes from where the double bond occurs in your carbon. So the omega-3 and the omega-6 are both uh, polyunsaturated yes. um, fatty acids, which basically means that there are... There's not as many hydrogens attached to all the carbons, so there are some carbons that have what are called double, double bonds, bonds, which then make the tail, instead of straight, it's a little bit more crooked. Yeah. Um, By the way, your hand gestures are super helpful right now. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> gonna have to start having a TV show so I can yeah, use my yeah, hands. Yeah. Um, but so with the omega six and the omega three, that's telling you where the double bonds where the double are bond located. Is. Yeah, um, and that, that's I mean that's a really you know super big way of breaking them down. Most yes. people know omega omega sixes as pro inflammation and omega threes as anti inflammation. Right. You have to have that that give and take. If yes. you don't have enough inflammation in your body, your body can't clot. Properly, I, I used to be on so much fish oil when I didn't know much about this that I could cut myself and bleed for hours. <laughs> I stopped taking fish oil. Um, and omega three is, is an anti-inflammatory. So uh, whereas you have the six that helps with clotting and healing and stuff like that, um, you have omega three which helps keep you from getting too inflamed. There's a lot of issues that come from inflammation, including mm-hmm. a lot of uh, um, cardiologists are now saying that heart that inflammation is the leading issue behind the behind heart disease from like a very, very, very um, beginning standpoint of it. Like obviously plaque plays an issue in your arteries and right. cholesterol and heart and uh, blood pressure, but all of those things can be caused by too much inflammation, inflammation. in the body. Right. So this is why it's important, and as we get down into where to get your fat from, to get a variety of different fats. Yes. So we said omega-3 and omega-6 are polyunsaturated fatty acids. Um, there's also monounsaturated fatty acids, and there's right. saturated fatty acids, mm-hmm. and there's trans fatty acids, which we'll get right. into. So let's quickly just get through a, a couple of sources. What would be a good source? Let's start with mono. Uh-huh. 
Um, olive oil is a good mono unsaturated. Mono unsaturated. Uh, avocado. Um, avocado, right? Um, right. Most a lot of plant oils um, it, have some. You have some in it, right. yeah. Um, but most of those are going to be po- uh, polyunsaturated. Poly- yes. Yes. Yeah, so then, uh, polyunsaturated. Uh, I know nuts. Yeah, nuts. A lot of polyunsaturated fatty yeah. acids in it. Safflower oil, canola oil. A lot. Most of the oils, oils that you can be, get yeah. are yeah. polyunsaturated. Uh, fish, fish oil. Yes. <laughs> I know fish oil has a lot of uh, O3 polyunsaturated fatty acids. Yes. Uh, so unsaturated fatty acids, are those easier for your body to break down? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. E- easier to use for fuel, easier mm-hmm. to, to do everything with right. than saturated. Saturated yes. isn't necessarily bad, and we'll get into that in a second, but what are, what are some examples of saturated fatty acids? Um, any fatty meats, um, lard... Yep. Crisco and any fat that's solid at room temperature, right. and that's what you said earlier about these these double bonds. Well, Crisco's trans fat. Never yes, mind. yeah, cross yeah. that <laughs> one out. Yeah. Um, so it, the polyunsaturated, monounsaturated. Talking about those double bonds, what makes saturated fat different? It doesn't have any double bonds, so it's there. It's saturated with hydrogen. So there we there's go. There's no no room for. Um, for any double bonds to occur, so all of the tails of your fatty acids are smashed together, together and that's why it can stay solid at room temperatures yeah. because there's not those crooked tails on it. Yep. Um, and you know, for a long time, saturated fat got a, a bad rep because of its link to heart disease. But mm-hmm. people who eat more saturated fat tend to have higher incidence of, of heart disease. Um, there's a lot of other things that go into play with that, um, and it's definitely. From what we know, and every time I talk about this, I'm like, well, as far as I know right now, this <laughs> exactly. could change tomorrow. As far as I know right now, it's typically better to get more of your fat from unsaturated sources. Yes. And uh, saturated sources like um, uh, the fat in meat might not be as good as the saturated sources in butter just because of the fat. Even though it's all saturated, it's still different. Mm-hmm. Now, what about coconut oil? That's saturated, unsaturated? That is saturated. Yes, because it's solid at room temperature. Mm -hmm. So this is one where uh, doctors who are studying saturated fat and heart disease are having trouble because in places where they eat tons and tons and tons of coconut products and coconut Mm -hmm. oil, they don't have heart disease. So they started researching coconut oil and found that the the lauric acid, the type of saturated fat that's in coconuts, is much easier broken down than any other saturated fat. Right. So um, they're now saying, well, it's, it's good for your, uh, it's good for your brain. Um, it's mm-hmm. good for your skin. It's a great fuel source. Just one of those things where you can't just throw the baby out with the bathwater. You have to look at where these sources right. are coming from. Um, but just don't do it in excess. Right. It's the same thing. Butter's not bad for you. There's right. a, there's actually a lot of omega three mm-hmm. in butter and right. in a lot of dairy products, especially in uh, grass fed. Uh, um, I was going to say beef. <laughs> You're not getting butter from beef. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so it's yeah. it's one of those things where I, I think it's good to get a good fat profile by mixing the things that exactly. you're eating. So yeah. you don't need to totally avoid things. like, um, I mean, soybean oil is not one of the greatest ones. No. Uh, it's no. omega. Th- so you, when you look at the omega-3 to omega-6 ratio, uh, ideal would be like a, like a 1 to Three or one to six, mm-hmm. O three to O six ratio, right. um, which is typically what what people used to get back when we ate a mixture of things. Right. And no, now that we crazy. now that we eat so many processed things, the American diet is like like one to fifty, yeah. O three to O to O six. Soybean oil is one to sixty three, O three to O six. Mm-hmm. So super 
air quotations, pro-inflammatory. Right. Um, but as long as it's mixed in, as long as you're not getting right. a ton of it, if you get a little bit here and there, it's not going to kill you. Exactly. What is going to kill you is trans fats, right, Rebecca? <laughs> not necessarily. Oh, that okay. <laughs> okay, trans fats. Trans fats were created by adding an extra hydrogen bond mm-hmm. to a polyunsaturated? Yes. Okay. And then that would basically kind of make it a saturated fat. Right. Just it would be solid at room temperature. Yes. Okay. Yep. So, so you you break the double bond by sticking a chemically sticking a hydrogen back in. So then the the crook in the carbon chain is no longer there. So then they can slide together again, and then that's why they're solid at room temperature. Okay. Yeah. Shelf life is longer. They didn't oh, go yeah. rancid. It is really does. It was made so that we could uh, sell things better without them going bad at grocery stores. Right. Uh, not great to eat, though, no, in high quantities. Not high quantities. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not something that your body was originally designed to be right. taking it's a in. chemically man-made fat. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and your body can still break it down, and but it's really not something that you need to be... There, there's no recommended intake for trans fat. No, <laughs> not no not amount, besides keep it as low as possible. Keep it as low as possible. But if you get some stuff like, you know, think about donuts... Uh, any type of pastry that's this pre-made, all of those things are going to have trans fat in it to keep their shelf life long. Um, just don't eat a ton of them, right. and, and you're fine with that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get into the factors affecting fat requirements. Um, so a lot of that goes to what your goals are, um, how much fat you have currently on your body, um, <laughs> and then what your goals are as, um, as far as weight loss or weight gain and those kinds of things. And, and as for, for athletes, somebody who, we talked about the respiratory quotient earlier, mm-hmm. so let's say you are a sprinter versus a competitive speed walker. Right. <laughs> the speed walker is going to need probably a diet that's higher in fat because their heart rate's lower for their sport as opposed to the sprinter who's going to be eating less fat so that he has room for more carbs in his diet. Right. So that would be something that would, depending on what your what type of exercise you do. So you yes. and I kind of experimented with this last year, where when we did a lot of aerobic work, we were doing your favorite <laughs> six and seven mile runs. Oh yes. Um, where we we had a diet that was higher by percentage in fat, mm-hmm. and then we've also done more sprint work as we got into the summer, where we dropped the fat and went up on the carbs. Right. Um, did you feel like that worked? That helped. You just um, hate running so much. I hate running so much. It didn't matter. <laughs> no, I think it definitely did make a difference. Yeah. Um, I'd also learn more about how my body functions and different things I need to adjust in my diet. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's talk about uh, diet wise. So if people are trying to start the printers going off in here, we have somebody running and grabbing copies. Um, uh, fat intake when dieting. Yes. So everybody's different. We've talked about how to figure out your macros before. Uh, but why is fat still important to have when you're dieting? Uh, well, you have your fat-soluble vitamins, A, D, E, and K. Those yep. requirements stay the same whether you're dieting or not. So you need to have fat in your body to get those vitamins in and then be able to move those vitamins throughout your body and store them. Um, satiety is another thing. If you take fat out of your diet, you are going to be hungry yeah. all the time. Yes. Um, so having that in your diet is going to help you stay full with that. And your body needs it for fuel. So yeah. when you're well, it's also going to help you stay focused on your diet because right. if you're eating trying to eat a low trying to diet and you're trying to take your calories down and you're not eating any fat, you're going to be hungry all the time and end up eating right. things that you didn't plan on eating. Right. Exactly. So yeah, it's definitely important when you're dieting. Um, for fullness, and right. then if we talked before about digestion and making sure you can still use the bathroom while you're right. dieting. Uh, what about bulking? Trying um, to put on muscle. 
So you need to have fat in your diet, um, but you don't have to go overboard. Um, yeah. I think when you're bulking, it's more important to get the carbs and the protein in there yeah. that you need. And then, yes, do you need to have extra calories, so fat is a great way to get extra calories. Yeah, because it's just so dense. It's so yeah. dense. You get yes. nine calories per gram for fat where everything else is four, four calories. calories per gram. Yeah, I meant to mention that earlier. So, so fat is so energy dense that it's for a gram of fat, it's over double the calories as opposed to a gram of protein or a gram of carbohydrates. So when you're trying to, to gain muscle, I've always done better on higher fat diets just because I just physically can't fit that much in my stomach. And right. so when I'm when I was up at the, my highest calories, which were like 40, 4,250, 4,250 um, two years ago, I, my fat gram, I was eating like 150 grams of fat a day because I just I just couldn't eat that much food. I right. can get it in somewhere else. Another thing that's important about fat is it is it plays a huge role in hormone production. Yes. And hormone production is essential if you're trying to gain muscle because you have exactly. to have the presence of growth hormones to, to, to produce muscle tissue. So um, yeah, make sure you have enough fat. If you're trying to bulk and you don't eat enough fat, right. you're, yes, not you're not going to Yeah. But like you said before, you can definitely get too much. Yes. You tend to not Wait, do you tend to do better? You said you did better not eating super high fat when you bulk, right? Yeah, I did a moderate fat and a moderate carbohydrate. If I go one way or the other oh, gotcha. with either one of those, my body doesn't respond very well. <laughs> so if I I tried a higher fat, lower carb diet when I was balking, and I, I definitely balked, but it wasn't <laughs> um, necessarily all good good weight that was added to that. Um, yeah, because of my body, just because of my hormone levels, the way they are, it naturally stores fat very, very easily. Gotcha. So yeah. I do need to... I need to eat fat, and I make sure I get a you know an adequate amount of it. But I yeah. need to make sure I don't go over and above. Yes, yeah, that. I think it's, it's really important for people. Um, but what's tough is knowing well what is too much, right? What isn't enough? And like you just said, you had to try it out. Yes. And let's say you do gain a couple of pounds, right? And you realize, hey, you know what? Maybe this this percentage of fat in my diet is too much for me. Mm -hmm. um, it, what what's two? I mean, two three pounds? Like just. Change your calories back. Yes, exactly. And get back to where you were, and then maybe try going higher carbs. You have right. to experiment for yourself. Yeah. All right, take a quick break here. All right, so before we go on, we're supposed to give a shout out to Kendrick because he's printing everything out on this printer and texting us, and he wants a shout out. So, hi, Kendrick. Your your copies are over here. If you would like to come and quietly get them, um, by the time you're listening to this, he probably won't have the copies. He'll, he'll have more copies by then. All right, so we're talking about uh, fat while building muscle, fat while dieting, factors affecting fat requirements. So now let's get into the recommendations of what that looks like in grams mm -hmm. uh, or percentages. So you had always previously done percentage, right? Yes. So what is the RDA? It's a 20 to 35% of your calories. Okay, so, so RDA is recommended daily allowance. This yeah. comes from the American Dietetics Association. Mm -hmm. So 20 to 30% of your total calories. 20 to 35% of your total, total calories, calories coming from fat. And then what is the um, what is the other the acronym? Well, that's the AMDR. AMDR. There is no RDA for fat oh, that I know really? of anyway. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So there's the AMDR, which is that, that macronutrient distribution range. Gotcha. So it's, that's the 20 okay. to 35%. I was never taught a gram amount for okay, how much okay. fat you should have in a day. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's, and that's, I really, I don't understand that. It, it drives me nuts. Because 20 to 35%, just the same example that we used in protein before, 20 to 35% of my 3,300 calorie diet I'm on right now compared to when I'm not trying to gain weight or if I'm trying to lose weight and I'm down like 2,600, 
I mean, the, the percentages, it, it's, it doesn't make sense unless to me it's in grams. Right. It, it makes more sense in protein in grams and fat in grams. Percentages are so are just so arbitrary. They're just kind of out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it makes more sense to me, especially with what I'm with what I'm doing uh, athletically at right. the time. Um, it would change, and I would want to kind of have that more in grams than in just right. percentages. But yeah. Um, so yeah, twenty to thirty five percent of your diet in grams of fat. Right. Uh, and well, actually, we'd have to break it down into calories. It, we've talked before about breaking things into calories mm-hmm. and, and breaking it out. Uh, the way we do is we solve for protein in. Grams, grams, and then yeah. we solve for fat in grams. Right, and then with we take those two numbers, we multiply the protein times four and the fat times nine. nine. We get the calories. We add those two numbers together, and then we have a number. And then we take your total calories of what you should eat in a day, subtract that number we found, and the remainder is where we get your carbs from, right. which we'll get into in the carb episode. That helps us figure things out. Mm-hmm. Um, so recently, you've done it by grams of fat right. too, the same way I do it and that's yeah. the, way, the same way that we program for a straight shot mm-hmm. and that's where we say one to two grams of fat per kilogram right. or, or it ends up being about a half a gram to a gram per pound of, of body weight right. for people who are uh, carry more body fat mm-hmm. will do that equation based off of their lean body mass rather than right. their total body mass um, lean body mass is all of your weight that's not body fat right. so when we find these these Grams. What are yours at right now for your diet? It's been so. I've been stuck with the same diet for so long. I can't even remember. You just I, know the same because it's. You just I eat just the same eat the thing same thing every, every yeah. day, so yeah. it's the same. I I know it's around. It's a little bit lower, so it's around twenty five percent of my calories. Your total calories, okay, are from um, fat. Okay, but the number escapes you. Okay, right now. <laughs> um, for, so for mine, they're in the my fat typically falls somewhere between eighty five and ninety, which for me on bulking, this is the lowest fat that I've ever bulked at. <laughs> I'm going much higher carb this time. It seems right. to be working pretty well because um, it's always easy for me to add fat with this. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, we figure out grams um, for, for people uh, and this is depending on your personal biology, your lifestyle, um, the type of diet that you like to eat, right. uh, what you're doing for exercise. All of those things go into, into factor with it. But it is, you and I both know how our bodies respond to fat, but that's right. only because we've tested this over mm-hmm. the course of years. I can't just, whenever I'm figuring out somebody's calories, I, I give them normally a lot of times I'll give them two different ranges. I'll say, try fat at this range and try it at this range, and then look at how many carbs you have to take in after that. Right. So for me, carbs and and fat can can be moved around mm-hmm. a little bit, right. more than protein. Because when yes. you're trying to gain muscle or you're trying to maintain muscle mass, we pretty much know how much about how much protein you, you right. need. Fat is, and carbs is so uh, buried in people because different people have totally different respiratory quotient rates Mm -hmm. where some people are still fat burning machines when their heart rate's up. Some people burn tons and tons of carbs even when they're not doing much activity at all. So that's why I'm kind of dancing around the answer to the question, but the the answer is we don't know exactly how many grams you need, uh, but we can give you an an idea to try. Um, Some people find, I just can't get in that much fat. Other people are like, I have one, uh, uh, Melissa, who is uh, following a diet that I made for her and she is not used to eating that many carbs. Mm-hmm. So when I first gave her carbs, she was like, I, I can't eat this. So I gave her more fat, and she said, well, st- there's still too many carbs, but I'll try this. And so now that she's been doing it for a while, she says, well, it's, it's going pretty well, but uh, I still still having trouble getting in all these carbs. So I just sort of told her, well, again, then go ahead and take your fat up and drop your carbs out. Yeah. Um, so just, just play around with it. Exactly. But it's, it, it's not going to – play. don't play around with it over the course of seven days. <laughs> right. Play around with it over the course of eight weeks. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
people have plenty of time to fig figure out their diets. They mm -hmm. just need to take the time to do it. Right. So yeah, this is one that you really have to play around with for yourself, how you do better with uh, when it comes to fat intake. Um, do want to quickly add two last things. First, timing around workouts for fat. A lot of that goes with your digestion and how well you can function off of a meal, either high or fat. It's usually recommended to have a low-fat meal prior to working out yep. and then having a higher-fat meal afterwards just because of the digestion process. But not right after. Not right after, yes. no. Yes, um, so we said before about the absorption rate. Uh, you don't want to eat something super high fat at, immediately after your workout because it's going to slow down your the, the rate that your body can absorb protein and carbohydrates. Right. So we said before, it's not super important to get protein right after your workout, yeah. um, but down the, line, down the line, you want it. So typically my first meal after my workout um, is all, well, the very, very first one is all carbs. The next one after that is carbs and protein mm -hmm. and then I get my fat back in I eat a lot of fat at dinner and then mm -hmm. before bed right. so it's still have your fat throughout the day but I my meal before my workout doesn't have any fat in it no mine doesn't yours are, yeah yours no. is chick chicken and rice chicken and rice yep, yep. mine's chicken and rice <laughs> so chicken and rice crew chicken and rice. yeah so so we don't that way we don't have anything that's gonna be sitting heavy in our stomach right. when we eat and you know two hours later we work out carbs and protein are pretty much out of our stomach by that point yeah. or, or, or in their way out right. whereas we, if we had that, that creamy fat layer floating around the top of our stomach, <laughs> stomach. our chime <laughs> I haven't used that word in a while um, it's it's going to really slow you down you're going to yeah. end up burping a lot when you work out do, do not try to eat a high fat meal before you go run no. it's going to be sloshing around it will slosh out of you um, yeah so time around your workouts keep the fat kind of away from your workouts mm -hmm. get it in the morning get it at night if you work out in the afternoon um it, you know, depending on when you work out, just try to get the right. fat other times away from that. Yeah. Uh, last thing here, though, keto diets. Oh. Oh, God. Okay, so uh, keto is considered a high-fat diet. Most people think it's high protein. It's moderate protein, very, very, very low, almost no carbs, mm -hmm. and high fat. So why after, because this diet used to be called the keto, the keto diet, it used to be called the Atkins diet, and, be, and also the, like the South Beach diet was also low carb. It's right. been called all these other things, but now it's cool because CrossFitters are doing it, it's called keto. <laughs> so what, what are your personal problems with the keto diet? It so severely limits your carbohydrates that, um, like we talked about with the protein in the different episodes, that your body wants to burn carbohydrate first. Yes. So when you completely take away that carbohydrate, your body is functioning at a disadvantage because it's not using the most optimal energy source yes. for that. Um, then when it's so high in fat, your body... It's not designed to work like that. Yeah. My thing with yeah. it is, I mean, you have people who are, they have to eat so much fat. They're, they're doing shots of, of coconut oil right. and, you know, making these, you know, little fat treats, which is like balls of, of, of uh, peanut butter and coconut oil and stuff like that. But the only vegetables they're able to eat are, are basically leafy greens because they're so low in carb. You're missing out on, like, fruit. No one ever got fat from just eating fruit. Right. <laughs> no, or not, eating not fresh fruit. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but and, and even people I mean I know some people who've done fruit excessively, uh, had some blood sugar issues, but for the right. most part, people who are suffering from type 2 diabetes aren't eating tons of fresh fruits right. and vegetables. They're they're pretty self-limiting because they have so much water and fiber. Mm -hmm. You can only eat so much of them. Right. Um, so eating, you know, a diet where you can't eat anything other than leafy greens, you're not able to eat awesome things like sweet potatoes or butternut right. squash, which are super high in vitamin A, um, right. and, or carrots, or um, 
fruits that are high in potassium, like oranges and, and bananas. So you're missing out on all of these micronutrients right. uh, by having a severely limited diet. Uh, it does limit how much processed food you can take in, right. in theory. But then when you hear about people who are keto and they're they're trying to get as much fat as possible, and cheese is a, you can do cheese, right. you can do processed meat, you can do lunch meat. Like it, it's, right. it, <laughs> and then all those fat soluble vitamins are toxic. It, they have a toxicity. Yes. Level. So yeah. you're the water soluble ones your body will just get rid Eliminate, of any excess too many that you have. Them. but yeah. it'll store excess of all of those vitamins so yeah. while there are a lot of cases of people you know having issues because of toxicity levels of vitamins yeah. that is um, an option or yeah. a, a possibility possibility of it yeah definitely and so whenever i cringe whenever you completely restrict a certain food group or yes. a certain macronutrient or something moderation is always I say the best bet and yeah. when you have something that just completely shuts you down in one area yeah uh, your body's well, not designed the, to work the that fact way. That, that people experience like flu-like symptoms right. when their body's trying to switch from hey I want to run on some carbs here right. to no I'm only giving you fat and now and we're burning these things called ketones as, as fuel sources right. um, and your body's in a state of ketoacidosis which um, is potentially harmful for your kidneys if you're not um, being careful with it and staying well hydrated um, I have seen some some evidence that is helpful in cases of certain cancers because right. cancer is feeding off of sugar cells. But again, this is a diet that somebody's trying because uh, you know, there's something else interfering in their body that's that's killing them. Right. And and I I just don't see keto as being the first diet I would have my clients jump to um, yeah. if they were trying to lose some weight. Right. You're better off just moderately decreasing your calories right. uh, and, and eating a balanced diet. Right. So for the American population, I can understand why decreasing carbohydrates would be beneficial. Yes. Because if you look at the typical American diet, it's way too high in carbohydrates. Yeah. But just taking it to the extent that keto does uh, uh, yeah. is not, I don't think it's very good. No. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Straight from Rebecca. All right. Thank you, Rebecca. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate it. If you have a second, you could leave us a rating on whatever platform you're currently listening to us on. That would be awesome. Now we have something new here in the works at Straight Shot that I wanted to tell you all about as we get ready to officially launch it. But Rebecca will now be doing custom meal plans for us. So she'll review your current diet, establish your calories and your macronutrients based off of your goals, and then design a meal plan just for you with substitutions and exchanges that you can use within that template. Now, if you have a body weight goal of any kind, diet is at least 80% of reaching that goal, so a meal plan could be extremely helpful for you. Again, we'll have all of the details up on our website soon, but if you would like to get in on it early, find us on social media using the handle at straightshottraining and shoot us a message. And a good diet needs a solid training program to go with it, so head over to straightshottraining.com for details on our functional fitness training program. Thanks again, and have a great week, everybody.